Is God's law a law of liberty? And if so, how do we experience that law and liberty in our daily walk? And as we look around and we see today's lawlessness, is that a sign? Join Eddie Armstrong and me, Charlie Hayes, in our in-depth discussion as we seek our answers from Scripture. Charlie, we've been talking about the lawlessness in our world, these uh, autonomous zones and the move to uh, defund or get rid of the how the feeling of anarchism is in our midst now and how uh, even that is a, is a joke or a lie because it, it's based on voluntary cooperation. We know that the sinful heart of man will never get to where they want to. And I think a vast majority of citizens in the U.S. and around the world, for that matter, are wise enough to see through these political attempts to fundamentally change this country so that it mirrors their own radical ideas or to copy copy other countries who have a different type of government. But in all reality, they're not doing that well if you look at it pretty close. And in my way of thinking, America seems to be following the example of the French Revolution back in 1789 and 1799, when even God was thrown out. And I would highly recommend uh, to our listeners, if they want to read about this in more detail about the French Revolution and other things, they can uh, ask us for a book called The Great Controversy. If you contact us, we'll right. They can write us at, at AFS episodes so, at gmail.com. We'll I'll repeat that at the end. But uh, yeah, if you need a copy of the Great Controversy, we would love to send it to you. Mm-hmm. But but Eddie, uh, we, we've right. talked about a lot about what's going on in society, the lawlessness. We've talked about how people calling evil good and good evil. But what does that have to do with lawlessness uh, today? You know, are we are, are lawlessness today mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah, let's shift gears. We've been picking on the society, but uh, actually lawlessness is one of the doctrines now of some churches. Uh, Can you imagine that? Let's not only defund the law, let's get rid of the law. I think that comes from a misunderstanding about the purpose of the law, and that's where we'd like to shift our gears now and begin to talk about that. But I want to throw at you another, before we get into the Bible, another Webster Uh, dictionary definition of lawlessness. It's uh, a state in which there is widespread wrongdoing and disregard for rules and authority. Now, how could that possibly be in the church? And that's kind of what we want to. Well, yeah, I think that when you read that, it it reminds me of what, again, the Matthew 24 area where Jesus gives a lot of prophecy about what's going to happen at the end of time at the end of the world, and and especially down to verse 12, which it says, and because of lawlessness, because lawlessness Mm -hmm. will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. So we have Mm -hmm. a a contrast between lawlessness and love, basically lovelessness, right? Your love grows cold, versus those who endure and will be saved. So the first two, lawlessness sounds like that is putting you in jeopardy of being saved. Whereas if you endure and you, and you remain faithful, then 
you will be saved. And that's certainly what we're hoping for with all of us people. So, and then it goes on to say that this gospel will be preached into the kingdom. We talked about that uh, in our last series, but that's part of being saved is preaching the gospel, which the gospel has a lot about the law of God in it, right? And the saving of God, uh, what, what, what's going on. So, yeah, let, let's, let me uh, take a little side trip here. Uh, and talk about uh, salvation. What what does it mean to be saved? The the average person will say, "Well, it means I don't have to go to hell. I I get to go to heaven." But that's a very superficial view of what salvation is all about. Salvation also includes saving you from your sins now. In other words, uh, if a person's been saved, they're no longer a thief. They're no longer a murderer. They have repented of that, and they may have committed those things, but they no longer practice those. So we cut the Lord short if we don't include the law in this equation of the gospel. The good news is you've broken the law, but I have given you victory over that law through my spirit. When we think of the law, we think of First uh, John 3, 4. It, the definition of sin is transgression of the law. That means to break it. And so if we've sinned and we've had mercy and been forgiven of it, should we continue in that sin? Absolutely not. Well, in that this passage we're talking about in in 1 John 3, 4, uh, and if we continue on to verse 5 and 6, it says that, and you know that he was manifest to take away our sins. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as you're saying, that's part of salvation, to take away our sins. And in him, there is no sin. So when we're in Christ, we are there, mm-hmm. we are with someone who there is no sin in him. In fact, he can't ab- abide with sin. Whoever abides in him, it says in verse 6, does not sin. Now that's a that's a lofty goal, right. right? When we say we abide with him, we we are not transgressing yeah. the law. And if we do, you know, we know we have the savior to go to and get and be forgiven, but we do not sin. And it says whoever sins has neither seen him nor have known him. Now that's that's pretty clear to me that the law is not done away with because of transgression of the law is sin. And when we're with Jesus, he is encouraging us not to do that. Eddie, I think that's, that's a very important point. Yeah. One of the uh, most important passages uh, in the new Testament has two words and you'll see these two words in so many of them. And that is in me. I want to throw at you one here, uh, Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live the Son of God. Right. Not I who lives, then but you- God lives through me. That, uh, you know, that's, right. that's, we're back down to the experience thing, which we, we probably will talk about more and more because it is the critical part of being a Christian. It is not knowing all the rules. All, you know, that's, that's important, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is knowing Jesus and knowing God. For this is eternal life, to know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou was sent. But that knowledge is not just a intellectual knowledge. It's a personal knowledge. It's the knowledge that comes from when you wake up, 
you always saying, well, hi, God, I can, you're, you're with me. You know, it's when every, everything you're doing today, you're talking with God. Right. It's that experience which can't be taken away from you because it is a personal experience of knowing him. And I think that's what you're talking about here. Well, we probably should stop here because next time I want to uh, answer this question, which is, did God ever intend for the church to make his church lawless by doing away with the moral law? We'll take that up next right. time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Answers from Scripture. Eddie Armstrong and I, Charlie Hayes, hope you'll join us for each episode and subscribe to this podcast. For more information, go to www.answersfromscriptureonline.com. That's www.answersfromscriptureonline.com. And for your personal Bible study, go to our Discover Bible School page. That's at bibleschools.com slash 1514. That's bibleschools.com slash 1514. And to contact us directly, go to afsepisodes at gmail.com. Thank you.